Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In our study of the Holy Spirit, His person and His ministry, we're looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit because, number one, our Christian faith is a supernatural lifestyle. It's a supernatural way of life. Our Christian experience is birthed and sustained by the power of the Almighty God. Nobody is saved by his own power. Nobody is saved by the things that they do in their own strength. Nobody is saved because, yes, they are good people. We are all saved because of the power of the Almighty God that transforms our lives at the time of salvation. And we continue our walk with the Almighty God through the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need the gifts of God. We need the gift of the Spirit to be effective in our walk with the Almighty God. Number two, we are talking about this because our effectiveness as Christians is a function of our access to the power and the gift of the Spirit of God that is released into the life of the born-again believer. The power of the Holy Spirit enables us to be effective in our service for the kingdom. This power helps us to be effective in our calling. This power is manifested through the gift of God that is deposited in our life at the time of our baptism of the Holy Spirit. So number three, we're looking at the gift of the Holy Spirit because this gift of the Holy Spirit enables believers to advance the kingdom of God into new territories. It allows us to be able to carry out our responsibilities as believers, to bring in others into the kingdom and help them to be established. It gives us proof that yes, Jesus is still alive and well in our midst in the body of Christ. So these are just some of the reasons why we are looking at this particular subject of the gifts of the Spirit. Now the question is, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What are they? First Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verse number 4, the Bible tells us, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who walks in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gift of healing by the same Spirit. To another the workings of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another different kinds of tongues. To another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works for all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now from this verse of the scriptures, you will see that the gift of the Holy Spirit are supernatural abilities given by the Spirit himself to believers. The gifts are given to believers for a purpose of glorifying God. The gifts of the Spirit are given for the purpose of blessing the church. The gifts of the Spirit are given for the purpose of expanding the kingdom of God. In the passage of scripture that we read, you see that nine of those gifts were listed in there. 
And these nine gifts are referred to as the gift of the Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit. And these nine can be categorized into three broad headings. The first categorization is the gift of revelation. The revelation gifts. These are the gifts of the Spirit that convey the deep things of God into our hearts. They are the supernatural communication from heaven, from the heart of God to the heart of the believer that the Lord Almighty wants to use for that particular season. Examples of your revelation gifts include the word of wisdom that the Lord Almighty gives to you to be able to meet the need of an individual. The word of knowledge, where he tells you certain things that are not known to others, but is made known to you at that point in time to meet the need of the church or meet the need of an individual. And then there is a discerning of spirit that tells you the kind of spirit that is operating in an environment, in a family, in a life, or in a church. So you find that these are deep communication, secrets of the kingdom that the Lord reveals to an individual that he chooses to reveal them through. The second categorization is the category of the power gifts. We call them the power gifts because they are dramatic gifts. We call them power gifts because they arrest the attentions of people. We call them power gifts because they are the gifts that get things done. They are the gifts that result in creative intervention. The gifts are listed as the gift of faith, where we are able to exhibit supernatural faith that moves mountains, where we are able to bring forth the healing power of the Almighty God into a situation that appears hopeless, where we are able to work miracles and begin to suspend the laws of nature so that the hand of the Almighty God can be made manifest. These are what is referred to as the power gifts. And then finally, we have the vocal gifts. The vocal gifts, these are the gifts of divine communication that the Holy Spirit reveals through human voice. And the examples of that are the gift of tongues. Where we walk into an environment that you begin to speak a language that you have not learned before. The gift of interpretation of tongues. That as others speak the heavenly language, you have been given the ability to translate or interpret those particular heavenly language into the common language that everybody will understand for edification purposes. And then there's also the gift of prophecy. That the Lord Almighty is able to open your eyes and we're able to see beyond what is currently existing into the things that are coming in the future. So those are the three gifts. The revelation gifts, the power gifts, and the vocal gifts. Now before we go very deep and begin to analyze each of those gifts and see what they contain, I want us to first understand some three terms that are often confused when we come to the issue of the gift of the Spirit. The first term is the gift of the Spirit that I've just defined, which is the supernatural ability that God pours upon the life of an individual to help them to function within the body of Christ. Number two is what is referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, which is different but related to the gift of the Spirit. And then finally are the ministry gifts. The ministry gifts. Now, please understand, that there are relationships between these three terms. But in two, we must understand that they are not the same. They are related, but they are not the same. We must understand that these gifts, though they are related, they are connected, but they do not do the same thing. So let's start with the ministry gifts. The ministry gifts, as you see in Ephesians chapter 4, reading from verse number 7, the Bible says, But for each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, he says, when he ascended into heaven, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. In verse number 11, he says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want you to notice in verse number 11, the Bible outlined the gifts of the ministry and then began to tell us that the gifts of the ministry, they include what? They include the gift of the apostles, 
Some are called prophets, some are called evangelists, some are pastors, and some are teachers. So in verse number 11, Paul the Apostle enumerated the gifts that we refer to as the ministry gifts. These are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Ministry gifts are different from the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they are different in the sense that ministry gifts are calling that Christ placed on individual believers so that his church can function the way the church is supposed to function. The Bible says in verse number 11 of that Ephesians 4, it says, He himself gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers, and some pastors. The reason he gave that is for the church to grow. So you find that ministry gifts are calling that are placed upon individuals, but they are not the same thing as spiritual gifts. In other words, apostles and prophets and evangelists are the gift that God has placed upon the church so that the church can function. Individuals with this calling operate in this office. The reason Christ gave the church this ministry gift is because the church cannot fulfill its purposes without those particular offices. We need apostles. We need prophets. We need evangelists. We need teachers. We need pastors for the body of Christ to function the way the body of Christ is designed. But the gift of the Spirit is what is placed on the life of a believer to manifest the glory of God for a particular situation. For a particular circumstance through a specific ministration such as faith, healing, or the release of the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom into the life of an individual so that the glory of God can be manifested. There is a difference between ministry gift and the gift of the Spirit. They are different. Number two, they are different because ministry gifts are a calling upon the life of an individual that have their gifts. That means that when an individual is an apostle, when a person is a prophet, when a person is an evangelist, it's a calling upon their life. They function within the parameters of that particular gift. The ministry gift is their life work. But the gift of the Spirit is not a life work. The believer with the gift of the Spirit operates and manifests the gift momentarily. And that manifestation stops as soon as the Holy Spirit says the work is done. So when you are ministering healing to somebody, at that particular point in time, if you are operating the gift of healing, once the healing is done, it ceases at that point in time until the Holy Spirit tells you this is another assignment for you. But when you are talking about the ministry gift, it's continuous. Once you are called to be a teacher, you are a teacher. Once you are called to be a pastor, you are a pastor. Once you are called to be an evangelist, you are an evangelist. You don't turn it on and off. But the gift of the Spirit is a function of what the Holy Spirit wants to do at that point in time. And that is why he can give you the ability to prophesy in one particular setting. In another setting, he might give you the ability to be able to speak in an unknown tongue and then give you the ability to interpret what you have just said. But it's all based on glorifying God in that particular circumstance. Number three, ministry gifts are different from gifts of the Spirit because they are associated with the character of the individual with that calling. And that is why when you see a prophet, they have a character of a prophet. When you see a teacher, you have the character of a teacher. When you see an evangelist, you have the character of an evangelist. The ministry gift cannot be divorced from the person's character. The teacher, like I said, has the character of a teacher. This is so because the character reflects the nature of the ministry gifts. That's why the prophet is different from the pastor. Their characters are completely different. The ministry gift is reflected in the character of the person. So please understand that exercising spiritual gifts, on the other hand, is independent of the character. You can see somebody who has a, a very volatile character. The Spirit of God can use him at that point in time to express the gift of healing. 
So it is not based on character, but the ministry gifts, they are based on the character. One thing I want you to understand is this. If you have a particular character issue, before the Spirit of God begins to use you to operate a particular gift, as soon as you are done expressing what the Spirit of God is walking through you, as soon as you are done doing that, you are still the same person. And that is why if you are a donkey, when you start prophesying, you will still be a donkey by the time you are done prophesying. That's what happened to Balaam and his donkey. The donkey was a donkey before he started prophesying. After prophesying, the donkey remained a donkey. The same thing. It doesn't affect your character. The gift of the ministry is a reflection of your character. Because he operates based on that. And then finally, the gift of the ministry is for the growth and the edification of the body of Christ. The Bible tells us in verse number 11, he gave some apostles and prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man and the measure of the stature of Christ. In other words, the purpose of the ministry gifts is to edify the church, to be able to grow believers, to be able to help them to be established in the faith. But when you come to the gift of the Spirit, the intention is to glorify God in a particular situation by ministering to the need of those who want that particular ministration at that point in time. That's the main difference. The second term that I want us to understand is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit and the gift of the Spirit are two different things. Fruit of the Spirit is one thing, gift of the Spirit is another thing. Galatians chapter 5, reading from verse number 22, the Bible tells us, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Here is an outlining of what the Bible referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. You will notice that there are also nine in number. But they are not the same as the gift of the Spirit. The major difference between the gift of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is this. The gift of the Spirit are given. The fruit of the Spirit are cultivated. But the gift of the Spirit is a gift that the Lord Almighty releases upon the life of an individual based on the grace of God. He is the one that chooses it. He's the one that chooses who will manifest the gift of healing. He's the one that chooses who will manifest the gift of prophecy. You cannot do that by your own. But the fruit of the Spirit is something that you, because the Spirit of God dwells in you, it's something you cultivate and you grow. You grow in love. You grow in joy. You grow in peace. You grow in long-suffering. You cultivate kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, self-control. One of the main differences is the gift of the Spirit. You have no control over it because it's what God releases upon your life. But the fruit of the Spirit, you have control over it because you can cultivate it. Number two, gifts are developed, fruit are grown. When you begin to notice that you have a gift of prophecy, or you have the gift of interpretation of tongues, you develop that gift by exercising it. But the fruit of the Spirit, you continue to grow them, you continue to nurture them, you continue to make sure that you kind of fertilize it so that it begins to produce more results in your life. For gifts to be effective in the life of the believer, they must be exercised and developed. But fruit, you must cultivate them so that they can grow. Number three, gifts of the Spirit are different from the fruit of the Spirit because gifts come by grace. Fruit comes by your labor. In other words, you are the one who makes sure that the fruit continues to grow in your life. It's your responsibility. The gift is the responsibility of the Almighty God. He's the one that puts it in your life. But the fruit is your responsibility to make sure that these things are developed in your life. 
And that's why Peter was saying, with all diligence, add to your faith virtue. You add knowledge, you add patience, you add all these things. These are basically another element of the fruit of the Spirit. You are supposed to grow them. They are your responsibility to grow so that they can mature and they can be exhibited in our lives. The gift of the Spirit will not be effective without the support of the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, if you have the gift of prophecy, but you don't have the fruit of love, your prophecy is useless. It's going to be useful to the person who is receiving the prophecy, but for you, it will be useless. Because that's what the Bible talks about, I think, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, when it talks about the great chapter of love. When it says, if I prophesy like the angel, and I have no love, then it doesn't profit me anything. So you must understand, the gifts, they work in consonant with the fruits. The gift is useless. It's not effective. It's not profitable unless it is supported by the fruit. The gift of the Spirit will not be effective without the support of the fruit of the Spirit that is cultivated alongside of it. So, having understand those three concepts, the gift of the Spirit, the ministry gifts, and the fruit of the Spirit. Let's now turn our attention fully to understanding this gift of the Spirit. The question is, why are the gift of the Spirit given? What is the purpose of the gift of the Spirit in the life of a believer? Ephesians chapter 1. Reading from verse number 3, the Bible tells us, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Verse number 5 goes on to tell us here, Having predestinated us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he made us accepted in the beloved. By the time you get to verse number 12, the Bible now says that we who first trusted Christ should be the praise of his glory. Why is the gift of the Spirit released in the life of a believer? Number one, the gift of the Spirit is released in the life of the believer because it is to bless the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says that, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. In other words, these things are given to us as a blessing so that we can bless the body of Christ and we can bless the people that come in contact with us. Number two, it is given to us so that we can be effective members of the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 tells us, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So that as you manifest the gift of the Spirit that God has deposited in our life, everybody profits. Everybody within the body of Christ profits from it. So the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit is given to each one of us. So you are given the gift of prophecy, you are given the gift of faith, whatever gift you are given. The Bible is saying that it is given for the profit of all. So as you exhibit that gift, as you become an effective member of the body, the whole body benefits. Number three, we are given so that we can glorify God. Ephesians 1 verse 12 tells us, that we who first trusted Christ should be the praise of his glory. When the gift of the Spirit is manifested in our life, it brings glory to the Almighty God. As we manifest the gift of faith and move the mountains in the lives of people, as we manifest the gift of healing and we begin to see diseases disappear, it brings glory to the Almighty God. Not only that, the gifts are given so that we can manifest the infinite wisdom of the Almighty God. Ephesians 3 verse 10 tells us that. He said to the intent 
that now the manifest wisdom of God might be made known by the church through the principalities and powers in heavenly places. In other words, when we begin to demonstrate, when we begin to walk in the gifts of the Spirit, you begin to see the wisdom of God in meeting the needs of people. The wisdom of God in frustrating the tokens of the liar. The wisdom of God in pulling down the strongholds of the enemy. The wisdom of God in lifting up his people to new height. Those are the reasons why the Lord Almighty put the gifts in the lives of his people. And since these are the reasons for the gift, the question is how do we manifest these gifts? How do we manifest these gifts? The gifts are manifested, number one, not by your own will. It is not by our own will. It's manifested as the Spirit of God determines it. The gifts are the possession of the Holy Spirit. The gifts cannot exist outside of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit determines who and where and when enjoys the manifestation of those gifts. And that is why you cannot sit here and say, I want to manifest the gift of prophecy. If you try to do it on your own, you are not prophesying. You are only telling people what you have conjured, what you have made up. If you try to manifest the gift of healing without the Holy Spirit, what you are doing is that you are just creating a circus. You know, we've seen those kind of shows that try to make a mockery of the gift of healing. But the thing is that the gifts of the Spirit are not manifested by the will of man. They are manifested on the basis of what the Holy Spirit wants. And you will know that the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit always produces the result that is seen by the result that is heard. The manifestation of the gift is always perceptible to the senses. When you begin to speak in tongues and interpret, people hear and people know. When you prophesy, people hear and people know. When healing takes place, people can see it. When there is a discernment of spirit, you can tell. The manifestation is always seen and heard. The gift of the spirit is also manifested for edification purposes. In other words, when you are ministering, or you are operating in the gift of the Spirit, it always produces edification in the body of Christ. It lifts up. When you are in an environment where the people are not lifted up, where the joy of the Lord is not the strength of the people of God, you begin to wonder the kind of spirit that is present there. The Spirit of God will always edify His church. Even in the midst of rebuke, even in the midst of chastisement, there is always an element of edification to let them know that this is a God that is always interested in our welfare. So the gift is manifested for edification. And most importantly, the gift is manifested when it's accompanied by proper attitude. And what do I mean by that? The man who is enjoying the manifestation of the gift of God is a person who will enjoy the continuous manifestation of the gift of God, is a person who is humble continually. The Father, you can prophesy. The Father, you can pray and healing will happen. The Father, you operate the gift of wisdom, the word of knowledge and all those kind of things. Humility must be accompanied such life continuously for the gift to continue to flow. Dedication as a holy vessel must continue to be the hallmark of such a life. We must be willing to wait on the Lord so that you can know when and where the Spirit wants to manifest itself. And not only that, we must depend on the Holy Spirit completely. Because when we begin to presume that we know what God is doing, then we are beginning to overstep our bounds. These are the ways in which the Spirit of the Almighty God manifests itself. The question is, how do you receive it? I alluded to it earlier on. That anyone who is born again, anyone who is a child of God, is a candidate for the gift of the Holy Spirit. But the gift of the Holy Spirit is not something that you work for. That is why it's called a gift. It is not something that we work for. It is God himself who reserved the right to give us the gift that he thinks is appropriate for the life of the person that he wants to bless. 
So, but how do we receive it? The Bible tells us, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verse number 7, the Bible says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of us for the profit of all. The Lord Almighty gives every one of us a gift. So every born-again, spirit-filled child of God has the spiritual gift in their life. Whether they use it is a different story. But every one of us have one. Whoever is saved, like I said, has the Spirit of God. Then how do you receive it? Number one, we receive the gift by the grace of God. We cannot do anything to be able to deserve it. God offers it to us out of His grace and for His love. And He is the one that determines which gift you receive. So no matter how much I love to be able to heal, unless the gift of healing is upon my life, any other thing that I'm doing is just cajoling people. So the gift is by grace of God, that's one. Number two, we can also receive the gift by earnest desire. Paul the Apostle writing to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 said, But earnestly desire a higher gift, but I show you more excellent way. In other words, you can desire the gift and pray for it, and God will make up his mind whether I want to give you or not. So the fact that you pray, it doesn't mean that that is what is good for you, but Paul the Apostle actually encouraged the church in Corinth to pray for the gift of the Spirit. Not only that, we can receive the gift of the Spirit through the laying on of hands. And that you see when Paul was writing to Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, reading from verse number 14, Paul said, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. In other words, when there was a word of prophecy that came, when the elders were praying for Timothy, they laid their hands upon him and the gift of God was released into his life. And the Bible is making us understand the three ways that we see. One is by the grace of God. God determines it, he gives it to you. Number two, you desire it and you ask God and God in his own infinite wisdom releases whatever gift is applicable that you can use for the furtherance of the gospel. And then there's also the laying on of hands for the impartation of the gifts. That is what you see an example in the Old Testament when Elisha was asking for the double portion of the gifts that was upon the life of Elijah. So you see, these are the way we receive. So in closing, I just want to emphasize this so that we can get it very clear. The gift of the Spirit is for today. In other words, it did not disappear with the apostles when they all died. The gift of the Spirit is still very much around. Healing is still very much present in our midst. There's still the gift of prophecy. All the gifts of the Spirit are for today. It did not disappear. Number two, I want you to remember, the gifts can grow and increase in our lives. And we can become very effective as we develop those gifts. This is done when you cultivate the gifts. When you exercise them, they begin to grow and they begin to increase to get more in tune with what the Spirit is saying and how the Spirit moves. That is when you exercise the gifts. And conversely, the gifts can also lie dormant and be lost in the life of a believer who is afraid to exercise the gifts, who is ashamed to speak because they don't want to be embarrassed, who neglects the gift either because of lack of attention or because of laziness, or who misuses the gift because of pride or because of one particular agenda or the other. So it is possible for you to grow the gift and become more attuned to what the Spirit is saying so that you begin to understand when the Spirit wants to move, how the Spirit is moving. The more you exercise yourself, the more it grows. On the other hand of it, it is also possible that it can become very dormant and be lost when you are afraid to even venture out and exercise it. 
That's why Paul the Apostle had to write to Timothy and remind him. He said, do not neglect the gifts. Because in the process of neglecting the gift, you will forfeit the ability to walk and to exercise them and be able to use the blessing to bless the life of other people. Every born again child of God have one gift or the other in their life. So the question is not whether you have a spiritual gift. That's not the question. The real question is, have you identified the gift of God that he has placed upon your life? Because for us to continue to fulfill and be effective in the things of God, the gift of God must be in operation in our lives. And I want us to just commit ourselves unto the Almighty God. For those of us who have not identified the gift of God in our lives, just ask that the Lord Almighty will open your eyes so that you can recognize what he has deposited in your life so that you will not go to waste. Now for those of us who have already identified it, you just want to pray and say, Lord, give me the grace to exercise it through faith. Give me the grace to exercise it through boldness. Those of us who are afraid to exercise it, ask for the boldness from the presence of the Almighty God that I will not be ashamed to move and exhibit this particular gift that you have placed upon my life. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.